Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. House Republicans showcase their Commitment to America plan, what they're promising to the people and the run-up to the midterms. President Biden reacts to the Republicans' plan. He also makes his own election promises at a Democratic National Committee event. Secretary of State Antony Blinken meets with China's foreign minister. It's their first meeting since President Biden said he would use U.S. forces to defend Taiwan. PayPal cancels more organizations, individuals and journalists who publish controversial views. How some Americans are responding to the trend. And a school board allegedly hiding teacher training material, which is paid for by tax dollars. Members of the community suspect it contains aspects of critical race theory. We start the evening with the latest developments in the special master case. The Trump team today made, the, made a proposal to protect the documents from getting into the wrong hands during the review. Meanwhile, the Justice Department filed a motion to amend the special master's plan. Trump's order comes three days after the Justice Department filed a similar order. Both parties want to ensure that the approved documents are only viewed by people working on the case. They also agree that the materials should not be used for other purposes. The special master's plan requires the department to release the documents by Monday. But the government says they need more time because the vendor who will scan and upload the documents likely won't be chosen today. They're asking for a delay until Tuesday for vendor selection and a Friday deadline for them to turn over the documents. And as the midterm elections draw near, House Republicans revealed their vision for America. The Commitment to America event had happened in Pennsylvania this morning. NTD's Paul Graney was there. Today in a warehouse deep in America's Rust Belt, House Republicans shared their vision in the run-up to the 2022 midterm elections. What we're going to roll out today is a commitment to America in Washington. Not Washington, D.C., but Washington County, Pennsylvania. In that power to the people spirit, McCarthy revealed his first move should the GOP retake the House in November, scrap a Democrat plan to hire far more taxmen over the next 10 years. Because on our very first bill, we're going to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. Our job is to work for you, not go after you. House GOP Whip Steve Scalise said that 87,000 new agents should be sent to secure the southern border instead. Lawmakers committing to securing the border and stopping deadly fentanyl from entering America. That poison starts in China and comes across our border. Do you realize it's killing 300 Americans every day? It's like an airliner crashing each day. Republicans criticizing the Democrats' catch-and-release border policy. But unsurprisingly, American families suffering under inflation was today's biggest talking point. The Republican plan? Cut government spending and revitalize fossil fuel production to bring down gas prices and manufacturing costs. That's in stark contrast to the Democrats' expensive plans to reduce CO2 emissions. But House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer criticized the GOP plan as short on specifics. Their new platform, which uh, isn't frankly new, 
as long as slogans are short on details. That's because the true details of Republicans' agenda are too frightening for most American voters. Hoyer didn't elaborate further. Paul Graney, Entity News, Pennsylvania. President Biden today gave an address at a Democratic National Committee event. He contrasted the Democrats' platform against the Republicans. President Biden at a DNC event on Friday touched on many issues that will be key in this November election, including abortion, restrictions to gun rights, and Social Security benefits. Here's what he said will happen if Republicans take control of Congress. If Republicans win control of the Congress, abortion will be banned. And by the way, it will be initially banned, but if they win Congress, I will veto it. Um, Biden promised that the Democratic Party will codify Roe v. Wade if they win two more seats in the Senate. Here's what he also promised to do if Democrats win this election. That's a, a thin series of policy goals with little or no detail that he says Republicans are going to pursue if they regain control of the Congress. In the course of nearly an hour, here's a few of the things we didn't hear. We didn't hear him mention the right to choose. We didn't hear him mention Medicare. We didn't hear him mention Social Security. And the president also commented on the Republican Party platform this election, which House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy unveiled earlier on Friday. Republicans will once again side with the NRA and put American families and children at risk. And I believe some Democrats as well, and there's some Republicans that support us. It's not down the line, but it's the part of their platform. Democrats will ban assault weapons once and for all. Biden repeated during his speech that democracy is on the ballot this November and that he believes America is at an inflection point. Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. A state lawmaker in Florida is suing Governor Ron DeSantis for flying illegal immigrants who weren't in Florida. He accuses the governor of misspending taxpayer money. The Florida Department of Transportation is required to implement a program. That program has to receive at least two bids. DeSantis sent around 50 illegal border crossers from San Antonio to the Massachusetts island of Martha's Vineyard last week. And he says he'll continue to transport more of them. Florida is using $12 million of state funds to transport the illegal immigrants. Democratic State Senator Jason Pizzo alleges that DeSantis violated state law because that money is specifically only meant to transport people out of Florida. The governor's office responded to the lawsuit, telling CNN on Thursday that Senator Pizzo is, quote, challenging an action on an appropriation he voted for. But Governor DeSantis has earned the approval of another Democrat in his state. Palm Beach County Commissioner Dave Kerner is endorsing DeSantis for re-election. Kerner told Fox & Friends First today that he thinks the governor is doing an incredible job in Florida, citing his support for law enforcement and management of the pandemic. Kerner said he doesn't see his endorsement of DeSantis as going against his party. He said, quote, I'm a Floridian and American first. And the latest in the battle between fintech and free speech. PayPal has banned the free speech union, the Daily Skeptic, and their founder, Toby Young, for apparently violating their terms. It follows a string of other accounts that have been shut down or frozen by PayPal this year, including several independent media outlets. Earlier today, I spoke with Matthew Peterson, who's working to provide information on alternative services with his organization, New Founding. Matthew Peterson, welcome to our show. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Now, your organization, New Founding, says America's institutions are captive to hostile ideology. 
A recent example of that may be PayPal canceling the accounts of several people and organizations that publish anti-establishment views on things like lockdowns and vaccines, climate change, sex education. What else do you see happening here? Well, I see this as part of a, of a whole uh, movement that's really taken power a long time ago. I mean, there's a sense in which the revolution already happened and people are figuring out that the people who control these organizations are colluding with governments to uh, squelch free speech and to promote their values. So, uh, you know, this is just another, another piece, another very sad uh, story, but we're used to it by now. And what is going to be required in order to counter it is a movement that moves in a different direction, a commercial cultural movement that really uh, espouses a different set of values and pushes against this one, because this is only gonna keep happening. And as you see it, what are the risks to American people and culture if the suppression of dissenting views goes unchecked? Oh, you see the consequences every day. You see people who uh, who know that they will be fired if they uh, say anything uh, that they truly believe. Uh, you see, um, you know, schools changing the educational system. You basically see any kind of dissent being squeezed out. So, uh, you know, what's at stake is really our way of life. What is the American way of life in the 21st century? What is the way of life that the countries in the West are proposing in the 21st century? That's what's at stake. And I wish that more people would recognize that this is indeed that serious. And you've said that a commercial cultural shift is underway that will become the most significant change in America in living memory. Could you tell us more about that? Yes. So what we just described is already to me, it, that's the case, right? And then the woke ideology already controls everything, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. But what we are seeing and what I see every day and what gives me hope uh, is that people are rebelling against this and they want to get out from under this radical ideology. And the problem is we haven't built up the ecosystem yet. There's not enough there for them. Uh, the most basic way though that you see this movement happening is people are moving. They're moving from blue states to red states in America, right? I mean, so in America, at least, you have people voting with their feet and moving to Florida and moving to Texas and taking capital and business with them. That's really the first real sign that this is real. And it's not just economic. It's a way of life issue, not just a quality of life issue. So these are all signs of hope. But, uh, you know, the reason I created New Founding, the firm that, that I moved to Texas to create, is because we have to all work together to form an ecosystem that allows for this movement to, to blossom, to foster, to develop. So we can, you know, we need innovation, uh, we need community, and we need to unite investors and founders together to create the kind of companies that will not censor people in the way that PayPal is. And so what are some steps that people can take if they want to support a plurality of views in America? Well, first, it's really unfortunate that I have to say this because, you know, I wish it was easier, but you have to you have to do the work, as they say. I mean, you have to start really saying, what can I realistically leave? Right. And what can I go to? What exists out there that I can switch to? That would be a simple step. Now, for some people, that might actually be moving. Right. It might be moving to a new job where they're not they're not persecuted. It might be moving to a new area of the country where there's more people of like mind. Um, but there's simpler steps like uh, like looking at um, what you buy and the products and services you buy from and trying to figure out, OK, well, well, who out there can I support? We know boycotts don't ultimately work. It's very hard for us to all quit Amazon. Even PayPal is hard to leave. 
But increasingly, you're going to have to find those alternatives. And and that's why we created a line, actually, uh, you know, our own simple free newsletter that just gives people alternatives in different categories every week. And ultimately, we're building a guide at newfounding.com that will allow for user-generated yays and nays, plus our own team, um, which has done a great job developing a way to tell if a business is getting involved in this stuff or not. And and that's ultimately how we win, because we will we'll wield the power of cultural influence. All right, Matthew Peterson, co-founder of New Founding, thank you for your time. Thanks so much. And in education news, allegedly rebranded forms of critical race theory in public schools. An activist and filmmaker is fighting a legal battle with her local school district because, she says, it's hiding teacher training material from parents. We ought to be able to see what they're learning and how the teachers are being trained. Sherry Few is the founder of United States Parents Involved in Education. She filed a lawsuit against the Kershaw County School District in South Carolina. Few says the district would not release training material for teachers after she filed a Freedom of Information Act or FOIA request. Our tax dollars paid for this training. And so anytime tax dollars pay for something, the public, the taxpayers have a right to access that and see it. Few says the training the teachers received was given by a college professor who specializes in critical race theory and similar ideologies, and that this was after the school district held a public meeting assuring parents that CRT was not being taught in schools. Few says that when she asked to see the training material during the meeting, she was told to request it by email. So I emailed him, and his response was, you'll have to ask for it under the Freedom of Information Act. However, after she submitted the FOIA request, Few says the school district told her they couldn't release the material because it's not theirs. At a hearing this week, the board said they didn't have the material, according to Few. NTD reached out to the Kershaw County School District, but didn't hear back before broadcast. Few says she believes CRT isn't the only problem in public schools nowadays. From the sexualization of children, you know, including the transgender influences, the anti-American propaganda, um, and the pro-Marxist theories. So it's not just critical race theory, which everybody's been talking a lot about, but there are several uh, Marxist critical theories that are incorporated in this culturally relevant pedagogy that they're using. And so it's critical queer theory, critical gender theory, uh, critical feminist theory. Few is also the executive producer of the film Truth and Lies in American Education, which explores those topics. It's available online at truthandliesfilm.us. Reporting by Arian Pastar, NTD News. And a new documentary hopes to shed light on the increasing number of people detransitioning from transgender identities. The film explores the lives of women who used to identify as male. NTD's Daniel Hall hears from the people behind the film. Detransition Diaries Saving Our Sisters documents the stories of several young women who tried to medically transition to being male. Jennifer Lal, a former nurse and an independent film producer based in California, believes the testimony from these detransitioners will resonate deeply with the audience. And so we knew immediately that we had to make a film. Um, just solely focus on detransitioners and we on purpose only interviewed women because it's a really um, 
interesting phenomenon in the United States in particular where this is happening a lot to women. Uh, this, this thing called rapid onset gender dysphoria mostly strikes young women. So we wanted to on purpose focus on women in this film. One of the documentary's detransitioners is Kat Kattenson. She says taking testosterone injections has permanently damaged her singing voice. I think people should know all options and they should know, um, they should keep in mind the medical risks and um, everything that comes with that. So I really want the best for everyone, including those who identify as trans, but uh, you know, the way it comes off, unfortunately, to some people is that I'm trying to speak out against a certain group, and that's it's really not what I'm doing at all. I'm just. She says her voice still has issues when speaking or singing for a period of time. Kattenson has since learned to accept herself after detransitioning back to female. I realized that a lot of people didn't even know what that was, and I also was meeting a lot of other detransitioners, and I just, I think anyone making a decision like that needs to go in um, hearing all possible outcomes and really deciding whether it's right for them. Callie Fell, a nurse, co-wrote the film. Yeah. Um, I think for me, as co-writer, the biggest moment for me was like, <laughs> these stories can be really heavy. Um, and the women who carry them, they're so brave and they're so articulate and they're, um, they do a great job of sharing their story without, you know, having to feel sorry for them. Another supporter of the film says some people and groups may not want to hear these women's stories. Well, their voices are getting louder and they're getting more numerous because more and more people are detransitioning and um, they shouldn't be ignored because they are the canary in the coal mine. Both Friday and Lull have voiced their opposition to California Senate Bill 107. The bill is currently on California Governor Gavin Newsom's desk to either veto or sign into law. Despite that, the women are not giving up their mission. Just seeing these girls, and I'm getting goosebumps now as we talk about it again, um, just seeing them persevere, um, seeing them live healthy lives. And what the Detransition Diaries is the latest of about 10 documentaries that Law and her team have produced. It can be rented online. Daniel Hall, NTD News, Livermore, California. Coming up, residents in Russian-occupied regions of Ukraine are voting whether to become part of Russia. The West and Kiev dismissed the votes as an illegal sham. And in baseball, a faith-based movie called Running the Bases has generated rave reviews online. NTD's Dave Martin talks to the director about his inspiration. That and more coming up. The United Nations today, Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Chinese Communist Party's foreign minister. Their meeting centered around Taiwan. NTD's Jason Perry has that story. While at the United Nations General Assembly, Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Chinese Communist Party Foreign Minister Wang Yi. Just the day before, Wang said the Taiwan issue was growing into the biggest risk in China-U.S. relations in a speech to the Asia Society think tank in New York. This was the first time the two leaders met since President Biden said he would use U.S. forces to defend Taiwan in an interview on 60 Minutes. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. 
The White House walked back Biden's remarks the next day, preserving the policy of strategic ambiguity. And on Friday at the United Nations, China and the United States got a chance to clear things up. Blinken expressed to Wang that the United States is committed to maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait, consistent with the long-standing one-China policy. Blinken also met with leaders from the Quad. I think our four countries know very well that the significant challenges that we face, as well as the opportunities that are before us, demand more than ever uh, that we work together. The four leaders attended a signing ceremony of the Humanitarian Assistance and Disaster Relief Guidelines. Jason Perry, NTD News. Residents of Moscow-controlled regions in Ukraine have started voting on whether to join Russia, raising the stakes of the seven-month-old war. Kyiv and the West called the vote an illegal sham. By incorporating the areas, Moscow could portray tax attacks to retake them as an attack on Russia itself. Voting began on Friday in Russian-held regions of Ukraine to become part of Russia. The Moscow-backed head of the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic, Denis Pushilin, released a video of himself casting a ballot on his official Telegram channel. History is being made today. Every resident of Donbas is involved, who bravely survived all these tests during these eight long years. Russian state TV released footage showing the preparations at polling stations and people casting their ballots. The votes are expected to go Moscow's way and are seen as a step toward annexing the territories by Russia. That would give Moscow the pretext to claim that attempts by Ukrainian forces to regain control are attacks on Russia itself dramatically escalating the seven-month war. Ukraine and the West have denounced the referendums as shams without any legal force. The five-day voting will take place in the absence of independent monitors. The votes are being held in the Luhansk, Kherson and partly Russian-controlled Zaporizhia and Donetsk regions. Russia has forever been our motherland, if you really want to know. And without it, we simply have no one left. Ukraine has long abandoned us. Perspectives will be much better than under Ukraine. That's my view. Foreign Secretary James Cleverly told reporters at the UN in New York that UK intelligence has detailed Moscow's plans for the referendums. The Kremlin wants the semblance of a decisive electoral mandate to try and justify the eventual Russian annexation of parts of Ukraine. Our information shows Russian officials are setting targets for invented voter turnouts and approval rates for these sham referendums. For example, in some, reason, in some regions, they have reportedly already set the required figure for voter turnout and support for accession into Russia at needing to be over 75%. A senior policy analyst at the European Policy Centre explains what the vote could mean for the residents of these areas. They're basically um, putting the, themselves in a position where they're going to live under an authoritarian regime. That's the first point. But also in a place that is non-recognised um, as part of Russia. It's part of Ukraine. So isolated. Um, very difficult economic, social conditions um, for the long term. The Kremlin already used a hastily called referendum to annex Ukraine's Crimea in 2014, a move that wasn't recognised by most of the world. The balloting will continue for five days through Tuesday.
And now over to NTD's Dave Martin with a sports movie preview for you. A new faith-based sports movie hit the theaters last weekend entitled Running the Bases. The film, which follows the life and challenges of a very successful Christian baseball coach, has been met with positive reviews. I sat down with the film's writer and director, Jimmy Womble, and asked him why he wanted to tackle issues that are normally ignored or portrayed negatively in movies today. We felt like we had a story, we felt like God was giving us a message, and that is to wake up complacent Christians. The movie has many parts that are relatable to audiences, such as the different characters on the team, the relationship between the brothers, and the way the coach disciplines his players. Some were taken right from Jimmy's own life. You'll see an example of how, how the coach disciplines his boys when there's a fight in the dugout uh, after practice one day. Uh, and what he does to those boys and it was kind of humiliating, but um, uh, that happened to me. So uh, when my when my sister and I, who was on, were only a year apart, when we would when we would get in fights and arguments, my mom would make us hold hands in the grocery store. And I'm telling you, you see one of your buddies that you play baseball with in the grocery store at 12, 13 years old, and you're having to hold your sister's hand, it'll straighten you up. Womble says the main message is to inspire people to live their faith out loud. That's the story with our main character, Luke Brooks, is he's just kind of oblivious to the fact that what he does is, is not in your face, um, telling people about God or anything like that. He's just living his faith. He's doing, he, he's doing what he believes out in public. I could give a quote in the film that's toward the end by our main character, he says in a speech, he says, what if we were willing to take a stand in our convictions rather than live in fear of our persecution? And I think that's a good, I think that's the way Christians should live. Uh, you, we're gonna be persecuted, we're gonna be talked about. Um, we might even be thrown in jail, but the one thing we can't do is be silent. We can't go away uh, and we shouldn't. Running the Bases has been in theaters for a week and you can go to runningthebasesmovie.com to find a theater near you. That's all for your sports news today. Back to you, Steph. Thanks, Dave. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephania Cox.